0: So join me now for another empowering chat. Hey, everyone. We are in the month of giving, or as I like to say, the gift of giving, because it's a gift you give yourself when you give to others. And this year, I had just the awesome pleasure of reconnecting with a few of my sorority sisters that we had been very close, you know, going through college. And um, we're now all doing many different things in our lives. And we're of a certain age where it's time to give back if we, well, uh, all of us have been giving throughout our adult life. Um, But one of my sorority sisters had gone on uh, a volunteer retreat with this organization called Hope Worldwide. And I got to tell you, when she was telling me about what she got to do as a volunteer with this organization, and that the title of it was Hope Worldwide, it hit me square between the eyes because I had, it was that very day I was feeling hopeless. I was feeling hopeless about what was going on in the world and hopeless about are we ever going to learn our lesson and all that. And So she introduced me to this wonderful woman, you're going to hear our conversation in a moment, and it just lifted me up. So I hope, I hope, I really hope that we can all lift each other up through the act of giving, whether it's volunteering or putting your money where your mouth is kind of thing. Um, I just really hope because it's time, everyone, it's just time. So enjoy the show. So this is uh, December, the month of giving on Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell, and um, I have come across an organization that's been around since nineteen the 1990s, um, and it is an organization that has been inspiring hope and funding and serving people in, uh, I wanna say disenfranchised areas, impoverished areas, um, but also people in in epidemic areas because they started during the AIDS epidemic in um, Africa. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanna welcome the Senior Director of Hope Worldwide, Nadine Templer. Nadine, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And and I also have to say, Nadine, uh, at the very beginning of all this, Thank you so much for your dedicated service to humankind and the work that you do and the work that this organization does. Because as I was perusing the website, there are so many different ways that Hope Worldwide uh, helps people in in tons of different countries, tons of different areas. Yes. Yes.
1: We're all over the world. Literally.
0: Yeah international is probably a small descriptor for what you guys do and are. So um, I always like to encourage, so everybody who's listening, uh, you know me, I like to encourage people to donate during the month of December or donate throughout the year. If you find an organization that really makes your heart sing and you feel uh, led to donate on a monthly basis go for it i i donate i think i'm up to five different organizations right now that i donate to on a monthly basis and i always feel good when i get that receipt that says thank you so much for giving to the the work that we do so now hope worldwide there's we were just talking about um your work in nepal which is where you live so let's start there and then i want to tease it out. sure into the uh, the other spectrums of service that the organization mm-hmm. handles, but in Nepal specifically, you you have developed a school. You told me it was uh, thirty years up and
1: running and sustainable. Now, yes. what does the school do? So the school teaches children who are the poorest of the poor. Um, you know, we have a long waiting list. These are children whose whose families, whose parents migrate from the Himalayas, from the mountains Mm. of Nepal, from the villages where people really do not have any means of income a lot of the time. So they come to Kathmandu in search of work Um, and they come to the city uh, very, very poor and their children do not go to school. And so those are the kids that we enroll in our school. So it's an elementary school from nursery until grade five. Um, you know, the, we keep our classes small. Um, the children are wonderful and lovely and very energetic and, um, yes, it's been there for almost 30 years now and it's a very sustainable program. Um, over half of our staff are former students of the school. And so the advantage of that is they understand the kids' backgrounds. Oh yeah. You know, we provide a a breakfast uh, program for the kids when they come to school. We also have a midday meal. Uh, We um, teach them using technology. The quality of the education is very, very high. Um, And a lot of the kids turn out to be incredibly gifted, which is always a surprise. Um, And so what we do then, we... um, We give them scholarships to then go on to the best secondary schools in Kathmandu. And we follow through with our students until they go to university and find jobs. We have a vocational training center where we teach them computer skills and spoken English. Um, And so we follow through from the time they come to nursery until they get into a job. Um, Um, I I love that there's an ongoing... um
0: following of these kids yes. uh mm-hmm. because sometimes some some programs that i've heard of when when this the program ends the kids are left kind of like okay well now where do we right where do we go next and sometimes they're funneled into uh situations schools that are not of a mm-hmm. higher quality right. so that they can continue their progression mm-hmm. yeah that's right so um Then once they, well, let's just sidetrack now. So once they come into the school system, are they then going back and forth to home or do they live at the school?
1: No, they don't live at the school. They go home. So we work in a particular neighborhood. So the kids are all from that neighborhood. Uh, Over the years, we've developed relationships in that community. Uh, We're very uh, close to the community leaders, the local government officials, It's very important when we do this type of work to have a network in the community, Um, you know, and over the last couple of years, we've also developed a women's economic empowerment program for the mothers of the children at the school. You know, women in Nepal usually do not work. Um, You know, they're not treated very well. There's a lot of trafficking. Um, And so providing um, economic skills to the women of the community is really, really important. And we saw that during the pandemic when the men lost their jobs and the families had no income. And so we've trained the women to run their own little businesses from their homes. Um and so that's another way, you know, that we've been able to strengthen, build all the strengths of the community. It's an amazing know. community. But the children go home. They go home to their families um, you know, after school. Uh, Some of them, some of the children have to work after school to supplement the family income. uh, And then they do their homework and, you know, come to school. And as I said, you know, the kids are very, very motivated. I think one of the things that the children understand very well is that education is a way out of material poverty. Mm -hmm. Uh, If a child goes through a school and then goes on to secondary school, gets a degree, computer education... Uh, they make enough money to bring their whole family out of poverty. And so they break the cycle that's been going on for generations. Generations, uh, yeah. And so just with one child, one child can bring a whole family out of poverty. So that's really kind of, in essence, the 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 nut for me
0: of um, that kernel of hope, because that's true in any area. One person can right. lift a community. One person can lift a business. One person, if they are focused and aware of being of right. service to others, mm-hmm. um, they can lift anybody. We can lift right. each other up together. I, right. I really, really believe that. Um, so, when, so in the, is there a, so there's a, a separate women's empowerment program. Yes. to help these women. So, is there separate funding? To, like, yes. I was I was involved in micro lending several yes. years ago. So, and I
1: so appreciate that. Yes, and we do that as well. And so we ha- we have the school next door. We have the vocational training center that teaches computer classes to young people. Um, and then next door to that, we have the women's empowerment program. So they're all next to one another in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the women do, uh, the way the Computer Training Center works and the Women's Economic Empowerment Program is they do three months courses. So we have the computer courses, but then for the women, we have tailoring classes, beauty culture, you know, uh, beauty culture is huge in that part of the world. I bet. Uh, and so um, and then we provide microloans for the women mm-hmm. so they can buy a sewing machine or they can buy equipment to start their own their, their own beauty parlor you know we had women and and people in that part of the world are incredibly motivated very enterprising very driven so five of these young women who got trained in beauty culture pulled their resources together and started their own business and They do uh, makeup and hair for weddings. Fabulous. Weddings in Nepal, India, you know, those are huge things. And so they're making an incredible amount of income now, a middle-class income, but it was all their own initiative. And so, you know, it's a real joy to work in those communities because, you know, it's a part of the world where people really, are very, very driven. They really want to improve themselves. The children want to study. The, uh, you know, people want to come out of poverty. And so you you see the impact very quickly. Um, so it's something in the culture. It's something, you know, from the beginning of times in the Hindu communities. And, you know, the, there's the Guru Shishya uh, concept where they want to learn, they want to grow, they want to improve themselves. Um, so that really helps with the work that we do. Um, and I love that you brought up that that
0: the Hindu culture, mm-hmm. uh, focuses on growth because I also heard, as you said that Nadine, that it's not just a material growth, mm-hmm. but they, they have been living a culture for centuries that is about spiritual growth and in right. spiritual growth that includes everyone and everything.
1: Right, and Nepal is a very rich country in terms of spirituality, Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the Hindu culture, but we also have a very large Buddhist community. Um, And so Nepal is a culture, it's a country that's never been colonized, for example. And so there's a real- Gotta love that, just that right there, right? Right? And it's made a huge difference in the way people live. There's a sense of peace in that community um, and I think Buddhism also has had a huge influence on that. So people are not stressed in Nepal. People are not rushed. Um, there's a sense of acceptance and inclusion, uh, mm. amongst the communities. Uh, you know, Hindus and Buddhists live side by side, uh, very well. Um, so it's a, it's a really very uh, conducive environment, uh, to education and learning and growth. That, I love that and we can certainly use
0: especially in this day and age right now cultures living side by side in peace and yes. cooperation and compassion because we're seeing so many mm-hmm. eruptions around yeah. the planet right now where where cultures are clashing mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Nadine, it does not make any sense to me. I don't care what the history's been. It Mm. just, it's, to me, it's like, that's so old news now. That's Mm. centuries old news and it doesn't
1: get anybody anywhere. We have a lot to learn from these communities. You know, um, I've lived in India and Nepal most of my adult life. Uh, I'm French. You can probably hear the accent, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've lived... In India, and we lived in India for over twenty years, and we live in Nepal right now. And those communities have changed my life. You know, I think there's a sense of hospitality, a sense of inclusion, of welcoming um, the other um, that I haven't seen really in many places. Yeah, it's almost a um, well.
0: I was going to say it's a foreign concept for a lot of Americans. Especially
1: right now, well, especially right now with the polarization and all of that, mm-hmm. we really don't have that. We don't experience that. Um, and if we weren't like, like
0: you're saying, if if you your culture didn't develop this sense of inclusion and feeling comfortable in your own skin, kind of thing, then it's very hard, especially a Western mind, I think, to uh, to understand how you would include. Right, the rich and the poor, or mm-hmm. the different uh, religious belief systems, or right education. How do you include, make everyone welcome in right. in the disparity
1: mm-hmm.
0: of all that? That's really kind of sad, mm-hmm. right? Which is what I what it drew me when my um, friend and sorority sister Leslie was talking about going on one of the excursions with your group to Nepal to the school. And, and she said I said well what's the organization you went with and she said hope worldwide and I was like I got well now I've got chills again I got <laughs> chills because I'm you know I I'm I'm looking for hope in every place mm-hmm. for me you know so that I can continue and I think so many people are wanting to find right. hope mm-hmm. and 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 in supporting organizations like yours that at least for me gives me a sense of, um there's still good out there and good is being absolutely. done absolutely
1: absolutely and I, I get to work with the the best people um i mean i live in nepal but i travel all over the world for my work uh, you know i oversee all of our volunteer programs around the world for the global organization and i get to work with the best people you know it's um uh, it's really been so um encouraging and inspiring that's so so, so lovely so
0: Uh, I want to hear more about the volunteer programs because I want people to hear Mm -hmm. if that's how they would love to give Mm -hmm. in the month of giving, set something up for themselves for the next year. But first, just could you share one or two stories of where you've, in all the travels you've done, where you see hope through the
1: volunteerism programs? Yes. So, you know, um, this year, literally, I've traveled to all the continents. I've been all over North and South America, and all over Africa, and Asia, Australia, Europe, Fiji. I've been, I've been all over. And uh, you know, I see, I see stories of transformation, uh, transformation of uh, the people. In the communities, but transformation as well of volunteers and people like us who, you know, I shared with you that living in this part of the world is um, where I live has transformed my life. But I see, you know, there's a a young woman in uh, Papua New Guinea. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a single woman in her 30s and she runs all of our programs in Papua New Guinea and she is amazing. And this is not a country where women normally have big roles of leadership, but we have huge uh, medical clinics there, uh, you know, working with AIDS patients and um, she runs everything by herself. Uh, Obviously she has a team, but she's very much the leader and, you know, she's so dynamic and so driven and so amazing. And, you know, um, the, um, the secretary of state was visiting Papua New Guinea recently. And so Anthony... Uh, you know, went went and visited the program there, you know, where this young woman Priscilla is actually the one in charge. And it was so encouraging to see Secretary Blinken do that and choose that program. Um, so, you know, my husband works for the State Department as well as a diplomat, which is why we're posted in, in Nepal. And so, but to see that, you know, someone from the US government decided, okay, this is the place I want to go and see, because Priscilla is doing such an amazing job, and she's so much fun. And so um, you know, you see uh, you see stories like that. You see stories where you know uh, lives have have been transformed. You know, um, I was just uh, in Ethiopia and I work there. You know, we're working with an orphanage, uh, partnering with a government orphanage. Um, you know, and it, it's just so uh, inspiring to see to see what they do and the difference it makes on the, on the children and on the community. Um, you know, seeing people who were the, people who were the beneficiaries of the programs 20 years ago, 25 years ago, oh, now, wow. run, now running the programs. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, our work in Nepal is run by a young man who's 25 years old, who grew up in the community, um, you know, it's is a country of young people. So seeing, you know, we have a lot of young leaders around the whole worldwide around the world, um, a lot of very dynamic, you know, kind of the next generation, uh, yes. in those countries. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's always you know, incredibly inspiring. Um, I gotta tell you, so um, to hear that there's that gives me hope, to hear
0: that there's young people, like you just said the next generation stepping up because yes because i'm gonna say it nadine i'm gonna say it because what's occurring around the world um Mm -hmm. and this is my opinion everybody and you always get to hear my opinion just my opinion but the the hierarchy of men of a certain age like in their yes. 80s, 70s, and 80s, they're they're not they they're not be they're not bringing anything new to the table anymore. They just keep regurgitating old caca, you know, old beliefs right, that right, don't, right. that really aren't applicable anymore. And right. so it gives me hope to hear in your yes. organization that they the next generation sees that service mm-hmm. from a heart centered place right. is is the way the world is is the direction I believe that the yes. world needs to go and not from a I'm going to take all the money and hoard it for my who are they hoarding it for anymore I just don't know but right it's so encouraging another another layer of hope for me thank you Nadine
1: yeah and it's faith in action you know where where people are faith uh, but it's faith in action i think people are tired of just you know going to church or going to temples or you know, and just sitting passively and then going home, people want to put their faith into practice. Mm -hmm. So getting involved in communities and trying to support, you know, the work that is going on is a great way to, you know, put our faith in action. And I agree with you at a time like December, which is a season of giving or season of, you know, love or whatever, you know, actually being able to do something and not just listen to one more sermon or one more, you know, I think people are craving that. And I think our young people around the world are craving that as well. Uh, They want to see something alive, something practical. Yes. And,
0: and also then they, I think that they have a sense that they're building their future for their children and the, the following generations. And, um, and when you say faith in action, what that also means to me is it's uh, uh the action is kindness right. and compassion the action isn't what we're right. seeing in the middle east right now with mm-hmm. terrorism and and i'm just going to blow up your section of my what i think is mine and you'll blow up my set that and and they and people will say they'll say that's of their faith right mm-hmm. this is my right or my culture um mm-hmm. but to, to know that there's young people that are actually serving from kindness, from love, with high integrity, it is, right. again, another hopeful aspect for me, Nadine.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, what's really encouraging is to see, um, you know, there was a little girl who came to our school in Nepal. She was five years old and, you know, her family was so poor when they came to Kathmandu that they were eating the grass on the side of the street. Um, and she and her brother enrolled in our school, um, and now she's one of the teachers at our school. Oh, how fabulous. You know, she's now married, she has a child of her own, but, you know, stories like that, you know, um, that it, whatever we do, the, the little we do, you know, the little money we give or the little volunteering we do, you know, um, it does have an impact. And if anything... You know, it supports the work that is already going on, the great work that is going on, that is being led by local leaders, by local community leaders. But whatever we can do to support that, um, it really does make a difference. Uh, It really does have an impact. And the impact has faces and names and their people. Um, So but to see that the people we helped, you know, 25 years ago are now the ones leading, uh, you know, there's nothing more encouraging than that. Well, and it and it speaks to sustainability, right?
0: Right. So well, that it, exactly. So it's sustainable. The the, mm-hmm. the programs that you guys have created they're sustainable, yes. and then they also grow.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely, yes. The- and they grow uh, wisely. We don't, mm. you know, we don't grow for growth's sake. You know, um, as I said, at the school we want to keep our class sizes small so we can give the children the attention they need because our teachers at our school are more than just teachers, they're social workers. Right, <laughs> you know, I believe it. we have to cancel the families, for example, to not take the girls out of school when they reach puberty because that's the time they get married. And, you know, we've had to train the families. No, these girls need education. And so it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just being a school teacher. So things grow, but Quality is sometimes more important than quantity. Absolutely. And doing good work uh, that is sustainable. That's something we're very proud of uh, in Nepal and in other locations around the world is the sustainable aspect of what we do at Hope Worldwide. Uh, You know, we have a saying that, you know, we take these children from cradle to career. Oh, Uh, I love it. So it's if we engage with the child, we stick with them until... They're in a career and uh, you know they're settled down. I, I, I love that because for I, so I, I'm the kind of person,
0: Nadine. I like to have my hand held. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm not I.
1: Well,
0: I I think I'm empowered, but I'm not the one that's going to take the bull by the horns necessarily. I want to know that somebody else is walking that path with me, and right. if I make a mistake or I'm turning left instead of right or right and. You know that somebody's going to say, "Okay, well, let's talk about that and let's think about that," and and I'm here to support you. I love that it's an ongoing support system. Um, so Nadine, be, before we started, we you were talking about how you and I were talking about how we can um, encourage people to give to a, your specific program, which is the one in the school in Nepal. So how how can people uh, who are listening? There's people internationally listening to sure. my show, but it, specifically for, uh, the Americans that probably need to give some.
1: Okay. Well, people can give financially, obviously, you know, they can give online, uh, through our website. Um, and there is a link that I can, you know, send you, uh, and if they give through the U S website and earmark the money for Nepal, it will go straight to Nepal. Uh, So people can give directly to Nepal as well. We're allowed to do that. But then for tax reasons, it's probably beneficial for people in the U.S. to give through the U.S. Um, But people can also give of themselves. Uh, People can, you know, come and see the programs and volunteer. Um, You know, we uh, welcome groups. Uh, We have groups of people that come together, uh, schools or, you know, groups of volunteers. Or people can come individually and volunteer for a few months. Or, you know, we just had a teacher uh, from Los Angeles, actually, come and spend the summer um, at the school. And she gave her time, her vacation time, and volunteered for three months uh, training our teachers. So that was very valuable. Uh, We had a young couple from Australia come for a few months and, you know, he's a carpenter. She's a social worker. So, you know, we put them to work. So, you know, money is one thing, but even like personal involvement. You know, we love having volunteers. Nepal is probably one of the safest countries in the world. It's beautiful. Um, if you love trekking, the Himalayas are absolutely astounding. <laughs> I, you know, I,
0: I have a friend who just retired from teaching from a 30 year career of teaching uh-huh. and he's kind of wondering what he's going to do next. So I'm going to recommend he volunteers. He, I, he would love, right. Would love your program in Nepal. And he's that kind of, he just loves that stuff. Um, so we'll have all the, that information in the show notes, but I also saw on the Hope Worldwide, uh, website that there's, um, it, uh, that we can give to the
1: Ukrainian uh, yeah.
0: refugees, and
1: there's yes. a way to do that. So, yeah, on the Hope Worldwide website, when you go to donate, there's a drop-down menu, and you can choose. You can give to South Africa, or you can give to Bolivia, or you can give to, you know, um, Papua New Guinea, or you know. So we're literally all over the world, and yes, we did a big um, fundraiser for the Ukraine uh so you know that's still the possibility as well so yes there are many ways many ways to give um you know so yeah so i love it so so everybody um
0: it it's hopeworldwide.org and uh nadine's uh, going to give me the link for the school in nepal um and and just feel how when you're re- when you're looking at the website allow your heart to lead you into in terms of where and how you want to give. And I highly, highly, highly encourage that you do give a little financial help because there are so many impoverished places. And if you're led to go, hello, just go. if That's what you need to do. So um, Nadine, is there anything else you want to share before we close?
1: So I just put the link uh, to give to Nepal uh through the US site okay um so that's there i can send it to you by email as well um you know at the end of the day you know we give financially we give of our time but at the end of the day it's all about relationships it's all about having a transforming experience it's all about uh human interactions uh you know donations are great and we welcome them and we use them well but it's not just about the money it's about you know, interacting, getting to know people from different communities around the world, learning from them. Uh, We learn from one another, you know, very often when we live in places like um, the US or Europe, where I'm from, you know, we think somehow we know better or we have something to, you know, we're going to help these poor people when actually, you know, very often they're the ones who teach us Mm -hmm. uh, a better way of living, a better way to get along, a better way to... Find joy in life, uh, exactly. and uh, I think we have a lot to learn from communities around the world.
0: You just summed up my relationship with my son from the time he was born because here I thought I was going to be the mother, but he was the teacher. <laughs> and and once I got once I figured that out, our relationship just sailed because he was teaching me. I there wasn't anything I needed to really teach him, right? Oh, Nadine, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for doing the work that you do, and showing up so fully and being so uh, committed with all your heart. I really appreciate it. And thank you for joining me and sharing what you do and what the organization does. It it, it does it brings me hope, and that's at the end of the day. I want to make sure I can go to sleep feeling hopeful about tomorrow. Well, thank you so much for having me, Susan. You're welcome. empowering and exciting to experience you can also contact me through the website at susan at that's it for today see you next time